Create in me a pure heart, Lord, and renew the right spirit in me. Don't cast me from your presence, and please don't take the Holy Spirit away from me. Hello, guys, and thank you for listening or watching another episode of Live Free Podcast. This segment is going to be a good one. Um, we're going to be speaking about dreams and visions today. Having an understanding of dreams and visions, I'm going to be going over um, some information that I got out of my dream uh, dictionary and also by revelation of the Holy Spirit. And also I will couple that with another fresh word that I just got the other day regarding dreams and visions from a prophet, Tommy Aromi. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, but I'm going to put the link in the description, guys. You don't want to miss it. It was an awesome teaching on dreams and visions. I'm not going to go over every single thing that he said, but I will be highlighting some things that I thought was worth mentioning again in this video. Without further delay, let's get into it. Okay, so today's segment is going to be about understanding dreams and visions. And this is really important as this is a vital way that God will communicate to his children through dreams and visions. But we want to have a more in-depth and more detailed insight on how dreams and visions actually work uh, the meaning of dreams and visions. And actually, even in this segment, I'm going to be uh, reading off two different dreams that I had. I went through my journals and I just got a few dreams and I'm going to be given the interpretation of those dreams. So just kind of a, a, a interactive, uh, you know, interpretation of what dreams and visions, um, how it works and how the Spirit of the Lord works through dreams and visions and giving us the interpretation. So let's get started. So we're going to be understanding dreams and visions. This is a really good teaching. Um, we know that dreams are metaphors, they are parables, they are dark speech. Um, we know that this is one of few ways that God will communicate to his children, right? I mean, it's very vital and important that we know the importance of dreams and visions and how sometimes we can miss the voice of God because we don't perceive the voice of God to be in a dream or a vision. But the Bible clearly states from the Old Testament to the New Testament, it talks about dreams and visions and how God would speak to us in that manner. So we know that dreams and visions, they kind of go hand in hand. You know, one would be when you're asleep and the other would simply be when you're awake and you simply get a, a open eye vision, right? Or sometimes visions can come in your mind's eye. So sometimes we'll write that off as being um, just us thinking about something when it's really God putting a picture in our mind's eye where it may not look like a movie or a picture in front of us. And sometimes he can do that as well. But sometimes it can be in your mind's eye. And that's still a vision from the Lord. So metaphors, parables, dark speech. Why do God speak this way? Well, sometimes with being human and being um, having reason and logic and, you know, having so many things going on in our lives, we have so many responsibilities and so many distractions. That's sometimes the way God will have to speak to us in order to convey or communicate with us the things that he is trying to tell us, you know, or the things he's trying to warn us about or correct us about. So, we know that God is a master craftsman and he is capable of engineering the events in people's lives with incredible precision. 
He is a master architect. God knows how to get our attention. He knows how to relate to us. And even as I'm talking now, I didn't have this plan, but um, I'm even going back to a dream that I actually interpreted um, for uh, a niece, my niece, years ago uh, before she got married. Um, and she was dating actually her future, which is now her husband. God gave her a dream. And in the dream, it was related to Beyonce and Jay-Z. Well, the reason why he spoke to her in that manner was because that Beyonce was one of her favorite, you know, artists. And uh, she liked the couple, Jay-Z and Beyonce. So has nothing to do with Beyonce and Jay-Z being saved or unsaved. God will simply just meet you right where your heart is. So she mentioned the dream just kind of like, you know, just not, you know, just kind of in conversation. And when she mentioned the dream, I immediately got quick at me for me to give her the interpretation. And um, it's about a, it was about a baby, you know, in the dream. And it was Beyonce's baby or Jay-Z's baby. Anyway, to make a long story short, it's been since 2012, I believe, or 2011 that I gave her an interpretation. But I just, he just quickened me just now. I just remember that. And he simply wants me to just convey that he's going to meet you right where you are. No, and he's going to use those metaphors, those parables and that dark speech to get whatever he needs to get across to you, wherever he needs to come. He's going to meet you right where you are at that particular point in your life. And it spoke to her and, and it was actually a, a word that I released to her interpreting her dreams and that. Um, after I interpreted that for her, it was about a baby and I know baby represent promises and I don't know the full details cause I can't remember, but I do remember this part. Um, that same day, uh, her fiance at the time, which is now her husband, he was actually took her shopping. Um, and then when she was at the car, getting her stuff out of the car, he came in to talk to me and my sister and to let my sister and I know that he was going to ask her to marry him. But the interpretation of the dream that I gave her, when I gave her that, I didn't know that. Um, but the baby, I told her the baby represented a promise and the, and the promise is closer than you think because she said she pulled the baby to her. And I said, the, baby, the promise is closer than you think. Well, lo and behold, that exact same day he came and he told us and he asked her mom, you know, for her hand in marriage and he was going to ask her to marry her. And that correlated directly with the promise um, because you have to know the whole story that she was prophesied to which college she should go to because she had an option of three colleges. Well, the, I didn't even know I was getting into this, guys. Well, one of the options was um, a particular college. And uh, when she asked, you know, uh, for prayer for that at the altar, because we all went to the same church at the time. The, uh, my mentor who uh, prophesied to her and said, she's here in Iowa State. She's here in Iowa State. And that is actually the college that she chose, which is the college that she met her fiance in who plays professional basketball, right? So that was a promise, um, a, prof a prophecy. And the link to that prophecy came by way of a dream that I interpreted to her. That was another piece of the puzzle. And then later on that day, he then told us why she wasn't in the house, that he was going to ask uh, her hand in marriage. So, and then it was going to be soon. 
but it wasn't as far as far off as she thought it was. But at the time when I gave her the interpretation of the dream, I didn't know that that baby represented the promise of her being married or being engaged. So see how God will connect the dots and connect the links or whatever. And then, of course, she after that, I think I don't know if it was two years or a year after that she was married. Or, you know, so it all it all was God. I just thank God for prophetic words. I thank God for dreams. I thank God for his way of communicating. But, you know, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. So we have to unpack these things. We have to search these things out to get our destiny and our purpose in alignment with the kingdom of God. So the Bible says in Acts 2 and 17 and in Joel 2 and 28, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. So we know that dreams and visions are directly connected to prophet, the prophetic um, prophecy, to prophetic words, right? Um, so we know that God operates through dreams and visions. And that's a link to that through prophecy. So... In Numbers 12 and 6, it says, If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. So God does speak by way of dreams and visions, but not only to prophets. God speaks to everyone that is called by his name, that has his spirit on the inside of him. And guess what? He even speaks to those that don't have his spirit on the inside of him. Because the Bible says, In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh all flesh. And I'm going to be going back and forth because I see what the Holy Spirit is even doing right now. So basically God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh, right? Which means that all will have dreams, all will have visions, all will prophesy. <laughs> so listen to this guys. God has equipped all of us with the ability to prophesy in the body of Christ, right? In fact, Paul says we should covet this gift. This is one of the things that he talks about coveting a gift, and which is prophecy. I did a teaching on understanding prophecy and um, the prophets and prophecy. It's an awesome teaching. I would implore you to watch it. If you haven't seen it, it's kind of like a, a this is kind of like a spinoff of that because we know dreams and visions are directly connected to prophecy. Okay, so dreams can build faith. We see that in the book of Judges, chapter 6. It brings healing. It reveals secrets uh, and answer questions, questions that you may have on your heart. God will use a dream or vision to answer a question. It, it also offers a warning or a guidance to kind of guide you and warn you of things that are coming. Okay? Um, it also gives correction. And God is also a God of love, but he's also a God of a consuming fire. And we have to bring balance to the word of God. God is not only going to tell you all the loving things that he love about you and the blessings that he want to give you, but he's also a consuming fire. He said, does not my word burn like fire? Is it not like a hammer that smashes rocks into pieces? So we know that God is a God of love, but he's also a God of correction. I received several words, one in 2004, uh, three in 2012, um, one in 2009, 
from different people. I was at a conference when I received one, you know, in, in Miami, you know, saying that I had a sharp, sharp word, a sharp word of rebuke. My apostle, you know, at the time she told me, you got a sharp word of rebuke. Then I received the word. I was sitting at a, a, a service at a church and one of my mentors, uh, sisters in Christ, really one of her best friends told me I had a sharp word of rebuke for pastors sharp word of rebuke for pastors. I got this word four different times from four different prophets in four different locations. So God will confirm and reaffirm and then he will also give you dreams and to let you know what your purpose and your destiny is and what he has called you to do. And you and it's our job to unpack this. It's our, our job because even after I got those words, even though I got those words in different years and different times and different places, I still uh, just was looking at my dream book. Um, I got so many of these um, little notebooks where I used to just stacks and stacks, write all of my dreams and my visions down. And in fact, I'm going to read you two out of here. And I read in here and um, how God showed me my purpose. Back in 2012, um, I wrote uh, Ezekiel 3 and 8, where he's called me to be a watchman on the wall for the house of Israel, um, to leaders, you know, and to the body of Christ. So I'm saying this to say, guys, write your, write your dreams down. Write your dreams down. I go as far as back as 2000 when I got saved. And it's amazing the dreams and the visions that God has given me that most have come to pass, right? So let's keep going with these dreams because this is vitally important. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help you because even me reading some of this today, I was in a state of awe. And this was 20, well, I have more, but this was 2012 book, right? And I was reading some dreams from 2012 because I want to show you, um, to give you some interpretations on how God showed me how to interpret the dreams. But it's vitally important that we take what God says seriously because that can be an answer to your question. You know, I heard this man of God say one time, if you trace tragedies back in people's lives, sometimes if you trace them back, you will trace them back to a word of instruction. Sometimes your way of escape or your answer to a problem or a situation or a warning will come by way of a dream or a vision. But it's our job to unpack it. Okay? So dreams can reveal, um, they can also foretell things that, that's going to happen tomorrow or they can foretell something that is going to happen 20 years from now. So sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes the dreams are not ready God doesn't want you to re even to reveal the dreams to others sometimes he will have you to hold the dream you know for a while and then he'll have you to unpack it and then he may add more parts to it you know it just all depends on however the Holy Spirit you know um you know tell you guide you and lead you in, in the truth and how to do it um and wisdom the wisdom of God will actually give you that information Wisdom help you discern the difference and what to do with things and how to speak it and when to speak it. So we find um, this is what the guy said in this book. And this is a, a great book that I bought years and years and years ago. The Divinity Code, not Da Vinci, Divinity Code, based on scripture, amazing book on dreams. Um, I just also ordered another book by her name is Barbie. Breath, breath, breath it, and it's called A to Z Dream Symbology Dictionary. 
Um, I haven't gotten that one yet. It's on its way. But this one I've had for, I want to say since, it's been a long time. I don't know if it's 2009. I don't know. But it's still, it, it, it's not, it's cheaper than what I spent on it. So now it's on Amazon for 17. I think I paid like 50 when it first came out. So anyway, so that's one of the books. Um, and so we know that dreams and visions are vitally important, you know, as God would give us important instruction, important information. So it's important to point out that there is no formula to interpreting dreams, guys. It is more about cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit than applying a series of rules for interpreting dreams. This is because God, the Holy Spirit, is the author of dreams. You have to know this. God is not only the author of the dream, but he's also the interpreter of the dream. So in Job 33 and 14, it says, For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream and a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens their ears of the men and seals the instruction in order to turn man away from his deed and conceal pride from man. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from the perishing by the sword. And the Bible also says in Proverbs 25 and 2, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search it out, as I just mentioned. He gives dreams and he interprets dreams. According to Daniel 2 and 28, but there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days, your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed. And he began to give him the you know, interpretation of the dream. And then we also see in Genesis 40 and 8, it says, as they say to him, we each have had a dream and there's no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, please. So we see here that dreams are not, God is not only the author of dreams and visions, but God is the interpreter of the dreams and visions. So when we interpret dreams, it is simply the Holy Spirit giving us the interpretation. The Holy Spirit is the prophet. We're just being used by God to speak his oracles. See, this is why we can't take no glory for ourselves. This is why we can't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Because it's only by the spirit of the Lord that we get the interpretation. And it's only by the spirit of the Lord that we get the dream or the vision. So all glory still belongs to him. So interpretation must have, according to Daniel 4 and 8, it says, but at last Daniel came before me. His name is Belethazar, Bel 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 according to the name of, the, of my God and him in the spirit of the holy God. And I told the dream before him saying, Belethazar, Bel Bel chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you and no secret troubles you. Explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and its interpretation. So we know that one person interpreting must have a foundation of the scriptures. So he was saying that he know that Daniel can give him this interpretation because basically he's saying that the Holy One of Israel resides in you. And we know that we're going to get an accurate and we're going to get an unadulterated word from you. So the first thing when we're interpreting dreams and visions, guys, we have to know that the when we are interpreting the dreams, the foundation, the foundation of the dream must be scriptural. 
okay? And also, uh, it has to have spiritual understanding. It's not by mental faculty. We have to know it is a dimension of the heart. So this is vitally important because based on your heart is how you're going to get the interpretation. And I'm going to explain that. So you see this example in Matthew 13 and 9 when Jesus tells us the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. So here Jesus links the heart with understanding, explaining that a heart that lacks understanding is vulnerable to becoming unproductive. He then began to explain two other soil types, types which is the stony heart and which is the uh, heart that has thorns, right? Notice that both are unproductive and some are productive because he says some are sown on good ground, which reaps 30, 60, and 100 fold. So we see unproductive and we see productive soil. And these are the different types that the, the word of God falls on. So the difference is understanding. So wisdom is needed in knowing how to deliver the interpretation. We have to have the interpretation by, by way of the Holy Spirit. And we, we have to have the interpretation done by wisdom. I had someone else that was saying that they had a dream and then their dream that the wife was chasing them and the husband was chasing them, you know, and all this. And I said, well, the wife represents the bride of Christ. So we have to be careful that we're not coming against the church based on the information that God has given us in the dream. It just depends because that can take on different meanings. And I'm going to explain it further. So the difference is understanding. So not all dreams and interpretations need to be revealed. I just said that some dreams are going to happen maybe 20 years from now. Some God will have you just sit on and some he will have you to reveal. But at times, some dreams are just informing you how something looks spiritually or what is happening spiritually in a situation. And at other times, they're, they are, it's just a call for you to pray about something or intercede on behalf of someone or behalf of a nation or behalf of, of an organization or however the Holy Spirit leads you. It all goes back to the Holy Spirit. He is the author and the finisher. He is the a spirit of truth and he will lead and guide you into all truth, including the correct interpretation of the dreams. So um, we see this in... Um, Having wisdom, you know, of the wisdom of God. This is what Daniel had. Daniel had, uh, uh, his portion was wisdom. His portion was understanding. And his portion was faith. Because he had faith to believe God to bring the interpretation. So also, we're going to look at some dreams that are repetitive, right? Some dreams that are repeating itself over and over. I used to have a repetitive dream back when I was a little girl. That I would, and now I understand it. Um, I had a dream that um, I would, uh, we had an attic in our house, right? The house I grew up in. And we everybody was just scared to go up in the attic by themselves, right? Because it was like, creepy. So I would always have a dream that I would go upstairs in the attic and I would open up the door and the devil would be sitting, there would be a church up in the attic, right? 
And the devil would be sitting in the audience with the people, like pretending like he was just one of the people. But his head was made of a pumpkin, like a jack-o'-lantern, like for Halloween, a pumpkin. And I would go up there and I would expose him and he would chase me down the stairs and I would run back down the stairs and jump onto the bed and roll over to the wall and then the dream would be over. This happened repeatedly as I was a little girl, repeatedly. Well, now I understand God was showing me that I was going to be exposing the enemy, but I was also afraid in the dream and I would run, you know, and um, jump on the bed and roll all the way over to the wall and the dream would be over. But it would be the same dream over and over and over again. And I didn't understand it. I, I didn't. But even then, God was even speaking to me at that time. And I'm going to talk about that, how you can be called. Even though we're not saved, we're still called. So a repeat dream means sometimes it means you weren't listening the first time, which is why I was having a repetitive dream because I didn't know what it meant, right? I didn't bother to even unpack it because even as a young girl, I knew I knew God. I fasted. I went to church and I always had a relationship with God, right? So uh, a repeated dream means you weren't listening or it can be confirmation or it can be an urgency or something that is going to be imminent that's, that's, that's going to be taking place. So God is putting an urgency or a confirmation, you know. So here are some symbols of some dreams, right? So how do we get into dreams, right? I just spoke about it earlier about my niece having a dream about Beyonce and Jay-Z, right? And symbols could be gender. It could be male or female in a dream. Um, you could, uh, when you look at dreams, you got to be looking at it like this too. Are you participating in the dream or are you observing? That makes a big difference because if you're participating, then we know that the dream is about you, right? If you're observing, then that's something that God is just showing you or want you to see or intercede for, or he's showing you what's coming and what's happening, right? Okay. Also, some symbols could be the names, the people that are in your dreams. Does the names have meaning? Also, it could be Numbers. I've had dreams about numbers, room 206, or I've had dreams about uh, seven times, or I heard this thing three times, and all of those are significant, and that's vital to getting your interpretation. The role, the character, what role were you playing? I just mentioned that. Or is it about an organization? What does the organization represent? If it's a, a wife, does she represent the bride of Christ? Because we know. So how do we get the interpretation of these dreams? Guys, we simply get the interpretation of these dreams by going to scripture. Well, you might say, well, it's a dream. How does my dream is not in the scripture? Well, believe it or not, your dream is in the scripture. Because in the dreams, the things um, in your dreams are going to be symbolic. A good example would be dogs. I know what dogs mean to me and what dogs mean according to the word of God. So dogs, um, uh, symbolic things like meat, symbolic things like milk. Um, the Bible talks about uh, being on solid food, you know, the word of God that could represent the word of God. The Bible talks about um, just different symbols of uh, like people's names, like um you know, what do, what do the names symbolize or what do the name mean to you, right? 
Um, the Bible talks about different colors. You know, the color purple represents royalty. The color blue represents authority. The color green represents, it can be, you know, finances. Green represents, you know, uh, increase, you know, abundance. Um, uh, the emerald um, is around the throne of God. You know, it's so many yellow, you know, all these different white purity. We know that a number is eight new beginnings, seven, a number of completion, three, the number of the resurrection. So all of these different symbols and these different names and these different um, parables and these different things, they mean something. So if you don't give the full uh, uh, things that is going on in your dream. Like say, for instance, you're trying to get a dream interpreted, right? But if you do not give um, to someone, I was telling someone this, you know, that wanted a dream interpreted, they would tell me, but then they would leave out things. And I said, well, see, now you're not going to get an accurate interpretation because if you're leaving out things, then you're not going to get an accurate interpretation of what your dream really means. So it's vitally important that every aspect of that dream is written down and that you dissect every piece of it because that might be the piece because you take out one thing and that can alter the entire dream. It alters things. So you want to make sure that everything that you see and everything that you can remember that you try to, you know, write that down so you can get an accurate interpretation when the Holy Spirit starts to minister to you. And also know that when you are getting an interpretation of a dream, it's vitally important that when you're seeking this from God, that you deal with the idols in your heart. And here's why. This is just a word of warning that he actually put in the book. He said, it is very dangerous to come before God seeking an interpretation while holding a preconceived agenda in your heart. If you do this, the Bible declares that God will give you what you want to hear. God warns Israel of this very thing through Ezekiel. So Ezekiel 14 and 4 through 6, it says, Therefore speak to them and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Every one of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity and then comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him who comes according to the multitude of his idols. So you're getting an answer based on the idols in your heart that I may seize the house of Israel by their hearts because they are all estranged from me by their idols. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, repent, turn away from your idols and turn your faces away from all of your abominations. So it's vitally important that when we come before God, we come with a repentant heart and we come with um, not a uh, preconceived notion, right? Because we're going to get what, we, what we're looking for. If you, you come into him with an idol, he's going to give you what you want to hear. You want truth. You don't want what's in your heart, the idols in your heart, and God to give you that, right? So we need to judge all the interpretations, right? That's vitally important. And according to 1 Corinthians 14 and 29, Paul said, let two or three prophets speak and let the other judge. It's vitally important to, if you're in that setting, to get that to get it judged, just to make sure you may want to run it, run it by a friend, you know, a prophetic friend or pastor or apostle or prophet or whoever, just to get an, just to make sure you're getting an accurate interpretation of what the, what the dream is about. First Thessalonians 5 and 20 says, do not despise prophecies, test all things on hold fast to what is good. 
Test all things and hold fast to what is good. That means that if you can't get no green light, and this is what I always say, if I can't get no green light on it, I'm putting it on the shelf. And in some cases, in some cases I'm discarding it altogether if it's not of God. And if it's not in alignment with, with God. So Paul says that when someone is operating in the prophetic, there's a need for evalu evaluation or judgment of what is said. And these are some of the things that we need to look at when we're hearing visions and dreams, okay? When people are telling us about a dream, this is what we need to line it up with. Number one, is it in line with scripture? Number two, if what is being said is corrective, is it free of condemnation? I'm going to repeat that one. If what is being said is corrective, is it free from condemnation? That's very important to God because God is all about edifying the church. Even though he brings a word of correction, he corrects his people in love. He corrects his people not with a condemning spirit. Because sometimes you can get a word of correction, but it's condemning. Okay, we know that there's no condemnation at those that are in Christ Jesus. So if a word comes to you and it's condemning, then you might want to step back from that one. If it makes you feel like you garbage when, when you get through with the word or if it's a threat or if it's a fear put on it, you may want to step back from that one. Because God says, well, loving kindness to a draw there. And you're going to hear me say this time and time again, because God chastens those that he loves. He's also a God of love. He's a God of consuming fire. But guess what? It's in love. Everything is rounded up in love. That is the fulfillment of the law. And if you, you have to know that when you're getting um, a dream or hearing a dream um, from someone, is what is being said corrected? Is it free from condemnation? Number three, does the prophecy provide a future and a hope? Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. Does the prophecy provide a future and a hope? God will always provide a way of escape. We always have to bring balance to the word. He always have a word of correction, but he's going to have an answer to what you need to do to be corrected. He's not going to say, you need to repent. You need to repent. Every time you look up, you need to repent. Okay, where's the word of correction that's leading me to the other side to tell me, okay, this is what you need to do. This is a word of correction. This is, God is going to teach. Have you ever heard prophetic words from true prophets of God? I mean, people that were really operating in the prophetic and the word was from the throne. And they would say, God is going to show you how to do this. As God is going to raise you up on how to do this. When really it's a word of correction coming forth. But it's also uh, not just to tell, don't tell me what I'm doing wrong, but tell me how you're going to do it. You see what I'm saying? Or tell me what I need to do to get in this spot so I don't keep repeating the same destructive cycle. You see what I'm saying? So it's not about just giving a word. You have to give a word in love and give a word of correction that provides a way of escape for the people of God. And this is why it's so important that you know and discern the voice of God. Because if not, you will be condemned. You will be in fear when words come forth, when dreams come forth, when visions come forth. There will be a fear upon you because you can't discern if it's God or if it's a false teaching or a false prophet. It's vitally important. So number four, is there an inner witness or conviction that is what's being said is the truth? My spirit bears a witness with it. 
or I got convicted by the Holy Spirit. I know this is God talking to me, right? Number five, does the prophecy meet a heart need? Again, God will always provide a way of escape. He will always meet you, meet you right where the heart is. And I just say that he'll meet you right where you are. He loves us. The grace and the mercies of God is a, and the blood of Jesus is huge. Okay, number six, does what is being said line up with what God has been saying through other avenues or guidance? Is this confirmation? Did I hear this somewhere else? It may not be confirmation. You may be hearing it from the first time, but is it the voice of God or is it the, the voice of the, con the condemner, which is the enemy, to try to keep you instilled in fear, to try to keep you instilled in confusion, to try to keep you feeling like you'll never mount up or be enough, to, to try to keep you feeling like you're still in gra first grade, that you ain't graduated from first grade, you're still in grade one, you still need to repent. Even though you have already gone to God and repented and cultivated a relationship, every time you listen to the person, they're going to tell you to repent again. Very careful, God, because God will grow. You grow with the, in the Holy Spirit. There's a growth process, especially if God knows your heart and he knows that you have repented and he knows that you are growing and that you're walking and moving in him. You're not going to keep getting the same word like you're starting from level one. It's going to be a growth and a progression to that word. Okay, so a negative response to one of these will put what is being said they said a negative response to one of these, one of six I just named, um, would put what is being said in question. At the very least, it should cause us to put whatever is said on the shelf until confirmation is received. A negative response to two or more of these questions that I just mentioned would seriously put the prophecy in doubt. So go back and listen to that again, guys. So nightmares, let's talk to you on that for a second. Nightmares, if we are experiencing nightmares, then the enemy has a legal right to enter. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us identify the grounds on which the enemy is getting in. Some common grounds on which the enemy gains access are unforgiveness, rebellion, repentant, sin, witchcraft, divination, Generational curses, extreme jealousy, envy, rage, strongholds, defiant and mental attitudes contrary to the word of God. Dreams are very important and without them, there would be no Jesus, guys. How important is dreams? Very important. Matthew says, the fight, the flight into Egypt is a, a story recounted in the gospel of Matthew. This is when um, God sent uh, a dream to Joseph. An angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. And in the dream, he told him to flee to Egypt with Mary and the infant Jesus since the king Herod would seek to kill seek to kill him, right? He was seeking to kill the child. So they were told to flee. But the angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. That's very important. Had Joseph brushed that off and said, oh, it was just pizza, there would be no Jesus. Hear me. Jesus even had to flee. You see what I'm saying? So when you look at these things, how God deals with us in this earth realm, we know that it's vitally important that we know that God, we're not exempt from anything. That God deals with us just the way he dealt with Jesus. He might, you know, come and pull you out of a situation or he might tell you just to remove yourself and move to another 
side of town or re just remove yourself or don't go in that building or you know what I mean? And it might come by way of a dream or a vision. Now, I'm going to say that dreams and visions are the same. One is just simply you're sleeping and the other one is simply it's just a picture in front of you or a picture in your mind's eye that God will give you. So also understand that um, when we're understanding dreams, and I thought this was so amazing, guys, when we're understanding dreams and visions, it is vitally important to know that, um, and this is from uh, Prophet Tommy Ariomi. I'm going to link his video in the description. I'm not doing it no justice, but I, I thought it was worth mentioning again some of the, the key things that he said about dreams and visions. He said, revelation doesn't make you a prophet. He said, what you do with the revelation makes you a prophet. Think about that. So if revelation doesn't make you a prophet, right? Meaning when God gives you a dream or a vision, it's not the dream or vision that makes you a prophet, right? Joseph and Daniel and so many others were the ones that interpreted dreams. It was Nebuchadnezzar or Potiphar who had the dream. These were unsaved people. This is why I say earlier in the um, teaching that you can be called but not saved. God can give you a dream as a child, but you haven't, you haven't yet received him as Lord and Savior. Let's go back to the revelation. So when God gives you this um, dream, the dream can come because God says he's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. So everybody's getting the dreams and the visions, but that doesn't make them a prophet. And pay attention to people when they're interpreting dreams, when they bring dreams on YouTube, when they're giving you visions and dreams that they've had. Are they giving you the interpretation of the dream or are they just saying, God showed me this or God told me this, but it leaves you empty and there's no substance to what, what's being said. There's no interpretation. I'm going to give you a few examples of some dreams. And I'm going to give you the interpretation. So he said, Prophet Tommy says, it doesn't make you a prophet. Okay. So Daniel interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream, but God still gave Nebuchadnezzar the dream. Daniel simply just interpreted the dream. He was the prophet. God pours out his spirit on all flesh. I just mentioned that. Pharaoh, right? Pharaoh had the dream. But God gave um, the interpretation to someone else. So dreams and visions are far more complex than some and someone being saved or unsaved. All of the prophets in the Old Testament, all of the prophets in the Old Testament, not one was born again. So you can be called before you are saved. Isn't that amazing? So. Not one was born again, but you can be called before you are saved, right? You can have a call on your life before you are ever saved and come into the knowledge of who God is. So dreams and visions, um, it's like a spiritual awakening, right? And at a very young age, God can spiritually awaken you, but you have not still yet received him like as Lord and Savior. So because there's an outpouring of the spirit on all flesh. So he also said that the mechanism in which God speaks in dreams and visions, it says God doesn't speak, he communicates. So have you ever heard the, the saying, a picture is worth a thousand words? 
God likes to communicate in pictures because pictures bring more in-depth, uh, in you know, meaning of what he's he, what he's saying. So a picture is, is worth far more even than a word. The That's why dreams are, and visions are vitally important. So you hear people say sometimes, I see what you're saying. They don't say, I hear what you are saying. They say, I see what you are saying. So like as you're telling them something, they begin to visualize what you're saying. So God begins to give you a picture of what someone is saying. So this is vitally important. So in every dream and vision, there's a divine instruction. You heard that in Job 33 and 14, God seals your ears with instruction. There's a divine instruction that God has given us. It is a priority of the dreamer to figure out the instruction of the dream. I just said we need to unpack it, right? So God gives you a dream and visions to withdraw you from your purpose. And when I heard him saying it, I was like, God. And then I thought about it. Immediately, the Holy Spirit, before he even finished, he gave me the interpretation. So what God is saying is he's drawing you from your purpose, from yourself. And he's drawing you from veering off on your path and bringing you on his path for his purpose for your life. So God gives you instructions to seal you, you know, seal your, seals your ears with instructions to keep you off of going into your own, doing your own thing. I'm just going to keep it 100. That's what he's talking about. So not, it says God gives you dreams and visions to withdraw you from your purpose. So we know that even though nightmares may come, it may be from the enemy. We know that God has allowed those nightmares to come. So everything is still within God's control. So even though God may allow things, God still knows the end from the beginning. And he has allowed it to happen because the enemy has to get permission to do anything to us. Right. But God does that. Why does he give you nightmares? Because if you are operating in witchcraft or if you're in a, a, a place in your life that you shouldn't be, that dream is actually giving you a warning. It's telling you what's going on. It's telling you how the enemy is operating in your life at which he's trying to say, turn from that and come repent and come back to him. So your purpose is the purpose that God has for you for your life. That's the purpose that God wants for you, not your own purpose that would veer you off, off of his path or off of his blessings for your life. So the second God is preparing you for the prophetic. So dreams and visions is the, the gateway to the prophetic, right? If God has called you into the prophetic and it's a prophetic anointing as a prophet, as an office of prophet, this is dreams and visions are the ground floor for the prophetic. And this is how God, this is why I had a gazillion million journals of dreams when I first got saved. God was preparing me, giving me interpretation. I had to sit, I had to write it down. I had to sit, I had to write it down. This is how you get to know the voice of God, but also more importantly, this is how you get to know God's ways. It's not so much as knowing God's voice as it is to know God's ways because God's ways is what's gonna keep you coming back coming back. Cause sometimes we can hear the voice of God and harden our hearts. Doesn't mean because we hear the voice of God that we're going to answer, or we're going to be repentant, or we're going to follow the instruction. Sometimes we can harden our heart because we don't want, like Jonah did, we want to flee the other way because we don't want to do it. But knowing God's ways is huge and staying in relationship with him. Because when you are in relationship with people, right? And you know them, you can know they can do something to you, but 
because you have insight onto their personality, into their heart and how they really feel, you know, okay, well, I know his heart. I know he didn't really mean that. I know she didn't really mean that. And then that has you to look at that, what happened to you or what they said to you in a different light versus you just taking what they said at face value and just saying, oh my God, I can't believe they said that. No, I know they had to say that for a reason and I know they hard. I know they love me and I know they wouldn't just say things just to be saying it. So it's not enough to know God's words. When you know his ways, you know he loves you. So even if he corrects you, it's cool because it's cool because you know he loves you and you know he's telling you to stay away from something because you know he's trying to save you from destruction. Because of the love, because of his ways, because you know his heart. You see what I'm saying? You see how it correlates with even, you know, the natural things. So when God is preparing you for the prophetic words, right? I mean, I'm sorry, for the prophetic, God will speak to you in the dreams and visions. And like I said, it's the gateway to the prophetic. So what do you do with dreams and visions determines your promotion or demotion in the prophetic ministry? So if you get the dreams and visions, guess what, guys? If it's, it's your duty to search them out according to Proverbs, right? When Proverbs 25 and 6, I mean, 20, 25 and 2 says the glory of uh, kings to search it out. We're the kings and priests, right? We're supposed to search out what God gives us. So that's going to determine your promotion or demotion in the prophetic ministry. And I'm going to tell you. I got dreams, 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 wrote them down, got more interpretation, more wisdom. God was giving them to me, giving them to me. And the minute I closed myself off from that, the dreams went away. Why did the dreams go away? The dreams went away because I quenched the fire of the Holy Spirit. So it's truth. I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I closed it off for a season and I stopped getting dreams. I was a dreamer, but now the dreams have all started back. But God will, close, God will not force himself on you, right? You have met those people that say they never had dreams or they can't remember their dreams. Yeah, so revelation is the medium in which God communicates. God does not communicate through tarot cards, through uh, psychics, through necromancy, all of that crazy foolery. He do not communicate through that. God does not talk through dead people. He does not do that. So... If you ignore your dreams and visions, you are quenching the fire of the Holy Spirit, which I just said. Um, so, you know, the Bible says, if you hear my voice today, do not harden your heart to the Holy Spirit. It grieves him. So you need to repent and rekindle the fire. That's how you get back your dreams. You repent and you rekindle the fire. So you go and repent and say, Lord, I haven't been a good steward of what you have shown me. And I repent for that. I repent where I have ignored it. And he will start back again. God is merciful. He's faithful. He's loving. You know, contrary to what other people say about him, that he's going to call down fire from heaven on you and strike you down. We under a new covenant, guys. <laughs> and that covenant is grace and it's mercy. So God loves us. We repent with a sincere heart. And that means we turn from our ways and we begin to pursue him again. And he begins to open up the dreams. And the visions again. So four categories of people that God will give revelation to. He will give revelation to the office of a prophet. Because this person is in the office, right? God does not shut down the office of the prophet. He or she is because of he or she is misbehaving. Now, I thought this was amazing. 
It says, the standard of holiness is up to the person that is prophesying. I'm going to say that again. God does not shut down the office of the prophet because the person is misbehaving. The standard of holiness is up to the person that is prophesying. Now, that's what Prophet Tommy said. But also in the other video that I did, I talked about the character and the gift. And God does not repent for giving you the gift. I talked about this. This is just the, this is just God was showing me this is the same thing, but he's saying it in a different way. So the standard of holiness is up to the prophet, right? The character is who you are when nobody's looking. So God doesn't take the gift away. He, he doesn't repent for giving you the gift, right? You're going to always have the gift. You was born with the gift, right? So it determines how you use the gift for God or using it for the enemy. So God separates, you know, the, you got to separate the character from the gift, the character from the gift. So we want the character to line up with the gift, right? That's, that's the way God's intention is, you know, that's the way God wants it. But that's not the way it happens all the time. You can have somebody as accurate as all get out and live in a lifestyle of a God knows what. A wicked heart, accurate work. <laughs> Balaam. I'm going back to Balaam. Accurate word from God, wicked heart. So that's why you have to know the spirit behind who's talking. Not just the word, the spirit behind the word. And you're going to keep hearing me say that when it comes to comes to the prophetic. Number two, we're talking about the four categories of people that God will give revelation to. Number two, God will give revelation to the gift of prophecy. The Bible says, so if you stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is speaking in tongues, God will give you the revelation. You must stir up the gift when you pray in the spirit. I'm going to tell you what happened to me. Now, I know this is a long video, but I'm going to keep going because I'm almost done. So the video, I saw the video. So I'm going to tell you what happened to me. So I was talking to, this 2009, um, I was asking my sister, and at that time, her husband was a prophet. And I was like, am I called to be a prophet? You know, not because I've had this question for years and years and years and years. Back in when I first, you know, started finding out in 2002 and all that, what my calling was and all that. And so... He, he was like, yeah, you know, and so we, that morning we was on our way to the church. So we all got in the car and went to church. So sure enough, now we, we, we had this conversation at the house. And when I got to the church, um, apostle got up to speak. And when she got up to speak, she said, come up, come up, you know, prophetess Pat, come up. So I came up and she said, God just hear God right now saying, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. And we all, I looked at my sister and I looked at the uh, husband. I was like, oh my goodness. How we was in the house before we got to the church. And so they began to pray and speak. And she started speaking in tongues and she said, God told me to stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. So what he was saying was stirring up the gift of prophecy that was on the inside of me, right? Because I had a question. So see how God even answers your questions. It wasn't even two hours later that I was at church and the apostle had me at the altar and she was like, stir it up. So I'm stirring it up. God said, stir it up. So, and then she gave me some more words, you know? So the difference between the gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet is the gift is, is the gift you must stir up and the office stirs up the prophet. Let me say that again. The difference is in the office of the prophet and the gift of prophecy, 
the gift of prophecy you stir up by speaking in tongues, right? You're stirring up the gift that's on the inside of you. And then you begin to prophesy. And then the office of the prophet stirs up the gift. So let's go back here. Number three, the everyday believer he gives the revelation to. The everyday believer. The spirit of prophecy comes in when people come into an intense worship atmosphere. The spirit of prophecy shows up or in the company of other prophetic people. Have you ever been in a company of other prophetic people? I have where the gift of prophecy was magnified because now you're in the whole prophetic atmosphere and now everyone is prophesying and everybody is the gifts are being stirred up. So everyday believer, God will stir up that gift. Number four, he reveals the revelation to God speaks to his friends. The covenant of the Lord, he <clears throat> belongs to those who fear him and he make known his covenant. So God will reveal, he's the revealer of secrets and he will reveal these secrets to his friends. Abraham was a friend of God, right? God is the revealer of secrets. And the closer you are to God and the more revelation knowledge he reveals and the more wisdom he pours into you and the more understanding he gives you, right? So let's, let's look at the, the two dreams real quick. Let's get this over with. So I know I've held you guys. So, so I gotta, just so you can see, I want to show you guys, look, this, the dreams. This is from 2012, 2012. I got tons of these books, right? <laughs> So I'm going to give you one, one of the, two of the dreams out of here. Two of the dreams. Okay, this was um, March the 6th of 2012. I just picked one, guys, honestly. Um, this is 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. And I woke up and I, I, I wrote this down. I said, I dreamed last night that I was at some place with my car while standing on the outside of my car. The man, this man, which was a demonic spirit, walked up with a gun to rob me. I looked at him and I said, you don't have the power to take my life. He raised the gun and pointed it in my face and pulled the trigger. It clicked and I stood flat footed and I said, I told you, you can't take my life. You don't have the power over me. He tried again and failed. Then he began to fight me. We started fighting and he tried to take my wallet, my keys and my jacket. And it seemed at first he had them when suddenly a man appeared that looked like Bruce Lee. <laughs> he started fighting the man and beating him to no end. And every time a de the demon said something, Bruce Lee would kick him. <laughs> that is so funny. Until he was bleeding to death. The man was, the demonic spirit began to bleed to death. I remember grabbing my keys, my jacket and wallet. And I hit my alarm, got in my car, and him and the man were still fighting. That man then turned into my cousin, Gary, who died trying to fight, fight him away from me. The man who was helping me turned into my cousin, Gary. Gary was saved. Gary was had such a, a beautiful heart. And I, I know, I'll give you interpretation in a second. Um, and fighting him, he was fighting him. And I remember thinking how Gary did that for me. Then I was 
at another location and I seen the guy again with a black trench coat on, bleeding half dead with the same gun in his hand. And I remember the man kicking him again. And he said, I'm not dead. I said, not yet. And I got in my car and I ran him into a wall and he screamed and I hit him again and then he was gone. And that's all I can remember. That was the dream. So in this dream, there's uh, things that are very symbolic. So the things that are symbolic in the dream are the man who I was fighting, the demonic spirit. Um, he, first of all, he came up to me and he put a, put a gun up to my head and said, and, and, and clicked it. And it didn't, he, I said, you don't have the authority. You don't have the ability to kill me. He didn't have the authority to take my life. That was me, God showing me, me standing in my authority and standing in, knowing that the enemy, even though the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, he don't have the authority over you. And this is what God was showing me. He don't have authority over us. So I told him in his face, you don't have the authority to take my life. We have to give the enemy permission. He doesn't have the authority. And if fear set in, that's a whole different thing. So I stood flat-footed, and that's what I wrote in my thing. I stood flat-footed, and I told him, you don't have to. Then we started, so since he knew he couldn't kill me, kill me, he then started to fight, and we started to roll in the dirt, right? We going at it. So then a man came up, which I perceived to be an angel of the Lord, of course, and looked like Bruce Lee. And he was beating the fool out of him to the, he was bleeding and half dead looking. And every time the demon would say something, he would kick him and like his head would be, you know, and I got in my car, you know, pulled off car represents ministry. So I know this, right? Car represents ministry. So I, he tried to take my keys. He tried to take my jacket and he tried to take my wallet. What does keys represent? Keys represent authority, access, the rhema word of God, uh, the, your tongue, it represents control. It represents, keys represents a way out. Keys represents God's will. It represents prayer, your heart. It represents prophecy and kingdom access, okay? Those are just some of the things. The jacket represents my mantle. He was trying to take the mantle. It represents authority. It, re it was a black jacket. And black is a representation of the prophetic as well and of God. Mental authority, my position or my role. The third thing he tried to take was my wallet. My identity, that's my wallet, right? Money and finances, stealing from me, right? My heart, which is a place where values are, are stored, right? It represents your heart, credit, faith, greed. You know, it can represent so many things. So basically, um, in the dream, the enemy was out to steal, kill, and destroy. He wanted my mantle. He wanted my, my access to the kingdom of God, my keys, my authority. He wanted my identity. He was trying to take it all. But I was in for the fight of my life. And he came straight up and just put the gun to my head. But God will always send help from the sanctuary. But God was showing me that he's fighting on my behalf. Like he told Peter, the enemy desired to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed that your faith would not fail you. And I stood in faith in that dream. And God was showing me 
who I was in the spiritual realm. He was showing me how the enemy don't have the ability to have a control or authority over your life. And every believer needs to know this. Every believer has authority over the enemy, no matter what. We are kings and priests. He, the Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air. A prince is lower than a king, baby. So I'm here to tell you, he does not have authority over you. And that's what God was showing me. And he was showing me all the things that he was trying to take from me. Okay? That's one dream. So the other dream was, oh, and then he showed me me at the end of that dream, getting in my car and finishing the job. God has often told me I was the finisher. Like he sends me as the cleaner to clean up, clean things up in the spiritual realm. Because <laughs> the... The man who was fighting them didn't kill him, but I ended it when I just got in the car and ran them clean over. And it was over. So the other dream that I want to um, talk about was a dream from Prophetess Donna. Um, I was sitting in a church and we was um, at this church at this service. And this was uh, June the 9th of 2012. And um, she, we was talking about dream interpretations and then she started to prophesy to me while I was sitting there and told me, you are, um, I got, you got a strong rebuke for pastors. You got a strong rebuke. So that was like the third or fourth time I had heard somebody say that. So I knew it was confirmation. So while she was prophesying to me, we was talking about the interpretation of dreams. We was just sitting there. It's like an intermission of uh, the church service we, we came to. And so she was uh, the best friend of my um my mentor. Um, and so she was sitting there and then she said, she, she said, um, well, I have a dream. I'm gonna tell you about it. I said, okay. So she said, I was up on a high cliff sitting in a chair tied up and, um, she said tied up and she said, I look down and starts to fall as she falls down. She was bound to the chair going down. She passes three sumo wrestlers just standing there and she keeps falling and then she wakes up. So the interpretation that I had was the high cliff represents an edge or a place of decision that she was up on a high cliff is what she said. And the falling represents taking her eyes off God. Sitting represents her position of authority, a place of position. And then the three sumo wrestlers represented a period of three years bound that she would be wrestling with a situation. And I believe that situation, I believe, uh, couldn't find out that was her son that was in, in jail, actually. So that was the interpretation of her dream. And simply, you know, God will give you the interpretation. Now, when using this book, guys... It has like different um, meanings and all scripture based. Typically, when you're getting an interpretation of a dream, all it means is what is the scripture saying about this particular name, this number or the situation? What is the if I'm sitting in a chair, like I said, chair represents authority. If I'm if I'm if I'm looking at uh, if I if I'm having a dream, like I know someone that had a dream where she was. Uh, they was looking out and they seen a big tsunami coming in. That means if the tsunami never reached you, then that means that you were only observing. 
But if the tsunami hits you, then that means you are part of that, what's going on. So seeing things from a far distance represents the prophetic. It represents eagle eyes. That means I'm seeing God is showing me things way off before they get here. And we need to pray that that thing don't come to pass. See, it's not so much as anyone saying that they have a dream, right? God always provides a way of escape through prayer, through intercession, right? So we as watchmen on the wall, that if God is showing us something, we're called to pray about it. We're called to intercede. Just like sometimes when you go on past and you see an accident on the street, God is calling you to pray and intercede even in that moment, right? So different things are symbolic, right, for different things. And I'm not going to hold you guys, but I just wanted to share this with you. And I hope this helps someone. Um, I'll be putting the link in the description about the, the teaching that I got from Prophet Tommy. And then um, the book that I'll be listing the name of the book again in the link in the description, guys. I hope this helps. Until the next time, please like, comment, share, and subscribe. And thank you so much for your kind words. Thank you so much for subscribing to the channel. Let's get the gospel out there. Let's get the YouTube algorithm going, guys. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't subscribed and be blessed. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And until the next time, I will see you in the next video. Bye, loves.